0: We got three people screaming here. Ah! Oh. Ah. Ah.
1: It's a beautiful chord. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if we That's did it. sing that at the same time, it would be a chord. Try? Maybe like a tritone. Yeah, we gotta try. <laughs> try <laughs> to a tritone.
0: <laughs> and you better watch that tone. <laughs> oh. Anyway, welcome to Halloween here's a Horror Movie Podcast. I'm Cody. I'm Kira. I'm Zach. <gasps>
2: who, who are you, Zach?
0: I don't know. You heard him singing um, our beautiful intro, "Wieners, Wieners." Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my friend Katie, who one time was walking in a parking lot singing our theme song, um, and a coworker heard her, but the only part they heard was "Wieners." <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man, that's fun.
0: Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you uh, have been following this podcast for uh, a good little bit of time, we do a Scream movie every year around this time of year, and our lovely theme music composer always joins us for these.
1: And I'm happy yeah. to be here. <gasps>
0: Gritted teeth. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, I feel like this is the Scream movie I know the least. We're talking sense? about
2: Scream 3.
0: Yeah. Movie. That one. I feel like it's just not part of me <laughs> in the way that the first two are, you know what I mean? Oh, sure. I mean, I definitely don't like this movie. No, I don't think much. it's good. I don't think it's very good either. Oh, no. Uh oh. Zach's on an island. <laughs> it's okay. Wait,
2: what like did, you, it. did you say you liked it? I, I can't I do hear you like it. I'm going to raise. The... You do like it. What do. Do like it?
0: Um,
1: <laughs> what do you like about it? What do you like about it? Name Julie? something you do successfully, <laughs> quickly. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I do think it's probably the weakest of all of them. Uh, but I just like the world of these movies so much and it brings back the like very meta nature of the first one in a way that I think is more successful than the second movie. I don't feel like the second Mm -hmm. one tries to be as meta, um, as the first one does. Um, and this one definitely does. And I think it adds new elements, um, Mm -hmm. Such as, I feel like in in the third one, the media that is inspired by the happenings of the Woodsboro murders is now influencing the murders rather than vice versa. So in the second one, people are getting killed based on what happened in the first movie. And in this one, people are getting killed mm-hmm. based on what happens in a third sequel. So it's like the fictionalized version of the, the killings has surpassed the... Um, the real life experience of these characters. Mm -hmm. And I will say in relation to real life
0: experience, I think Sydney's arc is great. So good. Across all the movies, Mm -hmm. including this one. I think the way her character, I mean, I want to say concludes because at the time this was like kind of seemed to be the last one, um, you know, they didn't reboot it for another like 11 years. But the way her character concludes just makes a lot of sense and it's very satisfying.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Both in terms of it concluding her character, like the way she starts this movie out, the like working in a crisis line, um, living by herself in like the hills with a dog. And then the end, her like really coming to terms with like the kind of cyclical nature of her life intertwined with these murders and how like it's probably put to rest so she can chill out a little bit.
1: Yeah. The movie itself, I just feel feel like is um, like an analog for therapy. <laughs> like I feel like at the beginning, Sydney is accepting her role as a victim and like hiding from that. She even like says it's you can't kill somebody if you don't know that they exist. And mm-hmm. having to face her past through like going through the movie set, which is the best set piece in the movie, mm-hmm. and then also facing, um, spoiler alert, her brother who is telling her what she is she's a victim she's a hero she's all these things and basically saying like no i i have been those things but those don't define me and i feel like that's what allows her to have this like peaceful resolution at the end is like the things that have happened to me don't define my life and i think that that's uh what makes her one of the best like heroines in horror movies ever
2: Ooh, i i agree i do like the ending for her um, I still think she should make sure her damn door is closed to her house, but I'm glad she feels so trusting that she'll, uh, that she'll go on with her evening with the alarm off and the gates open. And, uh, I am glad she has that dog cause that dog is just very happy to be alive. And, uh, it made me happy to be alive too. So that's good.
0: Yeah. I don't love that she doesn't set the alarm. Like you can still do that. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not over all of the things happening to you, you know? I don't know. <laughs> there's
2: still other people who can kill you. <laughs> just maybe not. It's a not. metaphor. <laughs> Hopefully not. Tied. I
0: know. Her, she doesn't know. have to put the, the gates I'm up anymore.
2: Oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, but I will say, I think what was. Okay, so this movie came out after the Columbine shooting. Yes. So there's a lot less blood in this movie, and by result of that. Um, Really terrible tragedy. And um, so I think that also adds to, like, the Clue Scooby-Doo kind of vibe we get from this movie. Because it's not as bloody. Um, There's a lot of, like, punches thrown. And um, there's a lot of, you know, secret passages in a mansion.
0: Yeah, by the time we, like, slip behind the bookcase for the third time, I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're right. It, the it. it is very Scooby-Doo, yeah. and I yeah. never
1: made that connection before. There's literally men in the mask. There's
0: meddling kids.
1: I mean, it also is funny because <laughs> um, I, one of my notes was that in Jenny McCarthy's death scene, she's dressed like dollar store Daphne. Oh. She's got, like, what? that... I don't get that right. She's got, like a like, a purple top and like a like olive color pants and she looks like she's trying oh. to do like a really bad Daphne cosplay or like a last minute Halloween
0: costume she's like it's like her new boyfriend is really into comic-con she's like I guess I can go as this
2: oh my god I was like who's dollar store Daphne <laughs> you don't know dollar Tim store Daphne I don't know
1: about. <laughs> she's a legend that's so funny <laughs> she's yeah, like she's the cosplaying. dollar store version of Polly Pocket <laughs> 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 the escalator doesn't move in the mall <laughs> that's
2: amazing I never thought of it that way. Uh, what else? Oh, also, it, oh, sorry. What were we gonna say?
0: Well, I was gonna go off of what you're saying about like how like real life stuff influenced the production of this movie because you know there was yes. a lot a lot of talk about how these movies are so violent and they might inspire real life violence and the movie I think is doing that to a point because they're even saying like no mm-hmm. no no like you know movies don't make killers they just make them more creative I think is the line from the first one. But I think it's even less real than that. It's not, they don't make them more creative or anything. It just, if you're going to kill somebody, you would have
1: done that apropos of watching Scream or not. Um, Exactly. I mean, Sydney says, you don't kill people because of X, Y, Z. You do it because you want to. Or you choose to, whatever the line is.
0: But I think when Columbine happens, that then puts a very definitive, like, proper noun event on the idea of people, that people have been, like, peddling about. Uh, violence in media influencing bi- violence in real life because before it was more ambiguous, but now they could be like, look like Columbine. Like, I know there was a lot of talk of like yeah. how they're kind of dressed like the characters from The Matrix, which came out like a month before the shooting. So, in the production of this movie, there was a lot of pressure from like studio execs and people to really temper down the violence. And, like, at one point, there was allegedly going to be a, a cut of the movie that had absolutely no violence or blood in Whoa. it. And Wes Craven was like, just call it something else then. (laughs) Like, it's not Scream then.
2: Yeah.
1: That's so interesting. I I didn't realize that. I didn't really read up or do any research on this one. I just kind of am going in um, a little bit blind or just, like, using the text as the source. But um, I think it actually makes them say more interesting things about Hollywood and about the movie industry in that Mm -hmm. um, the real, like... Inciting incident is like very real violence against women that creates this long chain of events. Um, which obviously it, it's kind of weirdly prescient and like, um, what's the word? Um, kind of predicting the Me Too movement and Time's Up. And fucking Harvey Weinstein is a producer on this movie, <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. executive producer because <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's Miramax,
2: it's a mirror wax yeah,
0: yeah, which is it's just insane that they. Got that, like, casting couch story in there. It's not even casting couch so though. was, like, you know, full-on assault. That's a weird term, it's, but you know what I mean. Yeah,
2: it's full-on trafficking.
0: Right. Yeah. Which is, like, crazy when it was, you know, as we now know, basically an open secret about Weinstein. So then to have a movie yeah. with his name on it feature this plot line, it's almost like a fuck you because it feels like no. I can get away with it. I'm even going to put it in my movies, and, it like, you can't be able to catch me for another 20 years.
2: Yeah, and, like, especially, uh, you know, Rose McGowan is a victim of his, and, like, she was, you know, and in, in this franchise, so, yeah, it's all...
1: I mean, the, you it, could it look feels,
2: at it... It feels gross.
1: You could look at it the way that you just said, Cody, like, Weinstein is kind of throwing it in our face, but I could... You could also make the argument that Wes Craven is attacking Right, well, that was Weinstein. my other thought, yeah.
0: was that, or the writers, because, again, it's like an open secret, not just... The wine scene of it all, but also, like, in general in show business yeah. <laughs> as right. just, like, a it's, thing that happens.
2: Yeah, truly the oldest uh, way to get apart. Right.
0: So for that to be the, um... Although then it kind of creates, like, some icky, weird residual stuff with Sydney's mom, because then it, like... <laughs> yeah. Seems to hypothesize that's, like, and that's why she's a slut, and that's why the first movie happened, right. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. I was with you to a point.
2: <laughs> right. Just could, yeah. An assault does not make you a slut, and like being a slut, like those are two different.
0: Right. It seems about, to you about like
2: Maureen Prescott
0: take the two roads diverging in the yellow wood and be like, no, it's a highway. It's the same road. Yeah. It makes it. Right. It's hard
1: because Maureen doesn't really get to be a character ever, so it's hard to like yeah. apply nuance to the way she's depicted um, because there's not really much room for right. that. It's always other
0: people saying what she did or why she did something and she never gets yeah the chance to because she's like, dead before the first movie starts obviously
2: yeah but even in, there's like a scene early in the movie where sydney has like a fucking hallucination of her mom's ghost visiting her oh yeah
0: that always keeps For me i'm like wait reason. is she alive again
2: <laughs> yeah exactly it's so strange and so clearly just like uh, what if she comes back? because it, like it's clearly I I just feel like it's like an afterthought in the plot, but um,
0: right for a series that doesn't like, ever do paranormal stuff or supernatural right. stuff, it's always like what's happening, and then you're like, oh, it's a dream, I guess,
2: right? But it's like a negative, like even her mom is like slut shaming herself, like in this, which is so insane she's like i can't remember what she exactly says but she's like "Ah, oh, i'm terrible and you're terrible because of me and something like that and it's like oh my god right. it's just a lot of uh, unfortunate pent-up built-up shame
0: but um, wouldn't that be either sydney's hallucination or it would be right uh the uh, roman using the voice changer box i guess
2: uh yeah, like maybe she was <laughs> like she was sleeping and he was just like pulling a Melissa Etheridge come to her window and like pulling out the, the voice changer and just talking like her mom.
0: Which I got to say, the voice changer being so able stupid. to do anybody's voice <laughs> and make it sound like it's not coming through like a machine, which in the first movie, it's mostly a lot of people talking through phones so that already distorts it. And this, there's, right. like, a scene where, like, they're impersonating Cotton, like, in real life, like, mm-hmm. in person. And then, like, they have Maureen Prescott's voice, which is crazy because she's been dead for five years. Just all these things. I'm <laughs> like, this is – you're taking the device of the voice box and really blowing it up to, like, this – it can do anything because it's a computer kind of logic from, like – which is very right. prevalent in, like, late 90s, early 2000s cinema.
2: Also, like, what kind of plastic mask is this that it can support the weight of, like, <laughs> a mini microphone – like but hold it near your mouth like it's it's a lot of technology at work.
1: All the wires go through the Kevlar vest too so it's like (laughs) adds the bulletproofness.
0: Yeah this Uh, (laughs) Ghostface is suited up in this movie. She's got you know the microphone bulletproof vests all over the place like Mm -hmm. never in any danger.
2: Also I love how uh, because there's the scene with uh, Jenny McCarthy um, and we get a little zoom in close up of the suit costume. The ghost face costume, yes. I guess. When she's and in it's in, like, got a little glitter. Room. It's got a little glitter to it. I know, got a little
1: pizzazz. sparkle.
2: Because, you know, she's going to make her pop off the screen. Darling. Well, of course, and but they succeeded.
1: It, the look of that is so, like, the texture of it uh-huh. is so real. Like, I can feel it, and it makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not it, a good pattern. It <laughs> looks like Halloween costume or something. It's, like, mm. neoprene and, like... Yeah, it just
0: feels like one of those, like, it's not the same, but like those, like, almost body suits that kids would wear, and then you just, like, slap a mask on it, and you're like, (laughs) ta-da. Thanks, Holly Weird. (laughs) But, yeah, talking about, like, because you said how the, Zach, you said the movie is more meta than the second one. And I don't disagree, but I find it interesting that so much in the movie, they're constantly saying, like, in the third one, you never know what's going to happen. All bets are right. off. And, like, they don't do anything with that. Like, <laughs> it's, like, not even... It's, it it's, builds up. It's not an escalation of the last two by any means. In fact, it's a de-escalation for, like, everything we just talked about with, like, there being, like, less violence and stuff, which is one thing. But also, there's only one killer in this, as opposed to two. Like, if they want to, yeah. they could have done, like, three. <laughs> like, really make it crazy.
2: Right, because it was, um, and, and it's a joke that runs through the movie, which adds to, like, the murder mystery vibe, is, like, that it's, you know, they're filming the movie, and there's three different endings that they wrote for the script uh, of the movie within the movie, so they don't know who the killer is going to kill next because, uh, you know, who's killing in the order of how they die in the script, and they don't know which uh, version the killer read, and that is, uh, you know, reflective of, like, what was happening in real life with the script to Scream 3 was they kept changing uh you know scenes they kept rewriting they kept um they had three different right uh, excuse me endings in circulation but the actors didn't know which one they were going to pick until you know they put it all together mm-hmm. um so i think like that's a great technique i'm glad they were being super secretive about it the plot but i feel like the payoff isn't enough because they build it up so much that it's going to be like so much of a bigger twist and I feel like it just kind of flicks you in the nipple and it's like, Oh, oh, okay. That that does not give me too much to work with. Um, I mean, I don't
0: go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I
2: I was, wasn't going to say anything new.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I get the impulse to do the, like Sydney's brother or half brother or whatever twist. Like that's what he is. And his whole motivation is he goes to, Maureen, before the events of the first movie, he's like, it's me, your baby boy, and she's like, GTFO. So, right. you know, that kind of makes him snap in a way. But then the, it shows that he puts into motion everything that happens from the beginning. Like, he shows Billy Loomis the tape uh, that he filmed of Sydney's mom and Billy's dad cheating together. So it kind of creates this weird, like, uh, it's not a... R- Redcon Retcon, but it's like... It when kind movies, of is. Yeah, when movies do stuff like this, I always think it kind of lessens the impact of previous movies because it's kind of like no, but see there was something bigger all the whole time. But then that at the same time removes some of the like agency and impulses of the individual characters. It's like not dissimilar from what they did yeah. in Return of in uh, the fucking newest Star Wars, where they're like, no, it was it was. Palpatine the whole time! Like, Snoke was nothing. Don't worry about that. Spoilers. Which is like, (laughs) whatever. Which is disappointing. It just lessens the (laughs) stuff and the it lessens the impact and the, like, decisions of the previous movies. Less so in this one. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say, this one doesn't really bother me so much because it doesn't take away from the themes of the first one, which is that Billy Loomis is simultaneously, they're right about him, like, being influenced by violent horror movies and also like that's not true because he it's all personal but like this doesn't really take that away because it's still a movie that he's watching that's influencing his actions does that make sense like he's watching the home movie and all these horror movies and so in a way the themes of the first one like are still being supported and his actions are still just as horrific it's just now we have an added layer as to how he found out that his dad was cheating.
0: Yeah. It just... I it, does, it, it doesn't lessen it for me. It just feels a little easy.
1: Cute. It's a little cute. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's so
1: cute.
2: It's so cute. Yeah. It just doesn't, like, click in a way that feels like... Ooh. It doesn't go down smooth, this movie.
1: No. And there's a lot of, like, like very jagged performances. Oh, <laughs> we were talking about God. how many of the actors in this have such idiosyncratic performance styles. And always do, yeah. And, like, having all of them in one movie is kind of like, wait, is this, like, a farce? It's right, exactly. Kind of like, which yeah. I kind of like. It's like a madcap energy, but I agree it does feel more like Clue than it does a Scream movie.
0: Right, because all the characters, are mostly characters that are, like, you can, they are cast with very character-actor characters, are people involved in Hollywood. So it's like almost saying, in a meta way, like you said before, Zach, that once we go into the world of Hollywood, because the first movie takes place in the hometown, the like second movie takes mm-hmm, place in the college, called? and then this one they mm-hmm. go to Hollywood, which kind of feels like a hey. natural progression for this movie that's always been commenting, the series that's always been commenting on the influence of Hollywood and the ability of media to, you know, change people's minds and... Put things in their minds yeah. and blah 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 and change the culture and conversation. So all the characters that are playing, all the actors who are playing people within the movie, within the movie. It, that that's a very confusing sentence, but it's it. All the people who are playing, like Parker Posey playing Courtney Cox's role and Emily Mortimer playing Sydney, are all very like kooky actors to a degree. And like Patrick Warburton's there, yeah. and he's mostly a comedic guy. Patrick Dempsey's there as the detective, and he's just like a very specific type of performance. It feels, it does feel intentional.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't see Parker Posey and think like, oh, this is a real life situation, and we're we're in danger. Like, you know, she definitely makes it a, a little a little kookier. She's doing no the shade work. In that.
1: <laughs> I think though that that is an energy that the movies have always tried to tried to like create, which is like mm-hmm. this is so close to being clownish, but it's still kind of scary. I think that this kind of teeters a little bit too far yeah. onto the comedic side. Mm. Um, and I think part of that is due to the the nature of the violence in it. I think what what is shockingly horrific about the first two is you have that kind of madcap, like, clownish energy, and then, like, you see, like, horrific murder. Right, and it's
0: played yeah. by the actors as, like, very dire, whereas in this, it's not, like at all really <laughs> until like sydney arrives on the scene at the end and she's like guys what the fuck <laughs> cuz like yeah. up till then they're like just running around you know in two way mirrors and like secret
1: staircases and it's very zany yeah i mean that could be and this is like you could make excuses for the movie all day but it could just be the movie also unsuccessfully trying to show that Sydney is the only one who still understands the direness of what has happened. Everybody else has kind of gotten swept up in the fame and, Mm -hmm. like, the the rush of, like, trying to make a new movie out of it. But she is the one who's, like, living with the PTSD from it. And it's not until she is brought into the world of the movie that there's any gravity to what's happening at all.
0: Yeah, because Parker Posey's performance is almost, like, Somebody who's like, I'm in a scary movie, and yeah. this is how you act. Like she does a lot of like. There's one scene where she runs while pointing like that away, and then the camera cuts <laughs> to a different angle, yeah. and she's still doing that. So it wasn't just a choice for like that one take. It like was a choice for this scene for all time. <laughs> she's like, that's what this character does. <laughs> Little things like that. Little things like that. All this to say about the like. All all this talk of the. Genre bending is a strong word, but, like, the different tones of it compared to the first two, what it all kind of boils down to is, like, this movie is not scary at all. No. The first no. two have moments of, like, uh-oh, or at least, like, tension. Like, I think of the scene in Scream 2 where the killer's knocked out in the cop car and they have to, like, climb over him to get out of the car. Yeah. Or the scene in Scream 1, <laughs> everything that happens in the house at the end is, like, fun and scary. Like, the whole Rose McGowan death yeah. is terrifying. Um, yeah. there's no, none of that in this movie at all. And I don't think it's yeah. necessarily just because they kind of neutered the violence. Cause it wasn't reliant on that always. Like I said, that scene where they're climbing over him in the car is just nothing but like classic tension. It's something that could have been done in a movie in the forties. Like it's not reliant on the R rating. So mm. this just kind of misses the mark on that entirely, which is disappointing.
1: I think, do you think part of that could be because Sydney as a character is so well prepared that she is, kind of ready for this to happen.
0: Yeah, but she's in the movie less. Like, she's in the movie way less than any
1: other. She's almost supporting in
0: this one. Like, it's her story, obviously, but there's a lot of focus on, like, the new cast, and there's a lot of Courtney Cox. I wouldn't be surprised if she had the most screen time in the movie. So I think if we focus on those characters and still had the tension and the scares and the suspense and the seriousness while also keeping, like, a, a... like the refreshing um, self-awareness of the first movie, it would have the chance to like, it still would have a reason to be fun and scary as opposed to just kind of like, okay, here we go. They're running around. What's going to happen?
1: Well, I think maybe that has a, like illuminates a flaw in the decision to put most of the plot on um, Gale and Dewey because those performances are a lot harder to elicit like, empathic responses with because Gail is kind of too focused on her career and yep. is a little bit above it all. And Dewey is so like comically inept that like any like tension of them is kind of dispersed by their, the like pitch of the performance. Does that make sense? Yes.
0: Yeah. Because to having them as your leads of the mystery is not as uh Interesting as it is to have Sydney be the lead.
1: They're less of a blank slate yeah. and they're less of an audience surrogate than Sydney uh-huh. is.
0: And they, like you said, yeah. they ev- they evoke less sympathy and empathy, especially when she has got the haircut.
2: <laughs> oh, Ooh! oh my god! And it's so funny because at the end of Scream Two, or near the end of Scream Two, uh, uh, Billy Loomis's mom says to Gail that she looks that Gale looks tired and she needs a makeover. So. Oh. She tried. She
0: took her advice. She tried, to she tried. That's why you shouldn't take advice from a murderer.
2: <laughs> it's so those, yeah, those bangs are not. That's the scariest part of the movie.
1: Maybe she was trying to get a little pixie cut like uh, Mrs. Loomis, but, and then she uh, but she got scared. But she got scared. They cut her bangs, and she was like, "Wait, wait, no, 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 no." <laughs> didn't uh, and didn't they
0: like, come out recently that it was like David Arquette's idea? <laughs> what? I think, like, because we we referenced it in our other episode on this on the Screen Movies, where like there was yeah. that tweet. That was like, whenever I think I have a bad hair day, I just need to like remember Courtney Cox's hair in screen 3 or something like that. And she retweeted mm-hmm. it with like, what the fuck? And mm-hmm. I think it there was something where David Arquette was like, that was my idea. I'm sorry. I thought it would be like a cool look. <laughs> oh, She's my. got
1: some questionable looks in this. She also dresses like a hot dog later in the movie. She does. <laughs> like <a laughs> No, hot it's ketchup dog? and mustard, <laughs> specifically. Yeah, but what? hot dog. She's wearing a yellow suit with a red tank top underneath. Yes. Like, yellow pants. Mustard there? yellow. Yeah. Got to post it. Ketchup red.
0: Yeah. She clearly like took one looked at the craft table and went, "Okay."
2: <laughs> uh, I feel inspired. Inspiration. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it's like I I don't know. If I, she did like a little like Betty Page Bangs, like maybe that'd be like that could be cute, but then I feel like someone had a panic attack and just like kept kept cutting like you know um uh vertically, you know, like it wasn't like they're cutting straight up. Which her
1: stylist sneezed when she she made the first cut and she was like, (laughs)
0: oh, 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 oh." Oh, it's it's trendy, it's new. It
1: looks really good.
0: Okay, wait, I found it, I found it, I found the quote from David Arquette. (laughs) Hang on. Oh, my God. The source (laughs) is the Daily Mail, so, you know, sorry. The Daily Mail. The Daily Mail Extra. This is a headline some newsboy was screaming about her hair from Scream 3. It's all his fault. (laughs) Okay, the actual Instagram post originally was, if you ever feel like shit, just remember Courtney Cox's hair in Scream 3. And, um... Uh, Okay, David Arquette tweeted, I have to take the fall for this. I suggested a Betty Page look, like you just said, Kira. It just didn't work. I take full responsibility.
2: (laughs) No, that is not. Somebody sneezed and said, well, we got to make this work and like how to fix it. Because that is not. There were too many cute. Gay People in California who knew how to do a Betty Page cut, right, who could have stepped in.
0: Yeah, Betty Page didn't cut her hair with like craft scissors, <laughs> like the zigzag oh scissors you used to cut wrapping
1: paper when you were a kid.
2: <laughs> oh my god. It's such she didn't cut I mean,
1: a crayola she st- for her. It looks, like she, it looks like she let a paper shredder cut her hair. Oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: And it's in every scene. Uh, She never, like, changes it up. She never wears a hat. Like, it's always just (laughs) there from the beginning of the movie to the end.
2: That would be funny if, like, the first scene, like, imagine they shot this in order. But, like, the first scene is, like, her with the bangs naturally. And then, like, throughout the movie, she just tries different hats or, like, pins them in weird ways. She wears a
1: wig. That's clearly a wig. She just spikes it straight up. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is a, a theme in the Scream episodes is the questionable fashion because they all happen in that like late 90s, early 2000s era where like nobody knew how to style themselves. Yeah. So there's a lot of teeny tiny, teeny tiny little eyebrows <laughs> and like really bad lipstick and Cotton's outfit at the beginning. Oh my God. mixes cream and white in the same <laughs> outfit.
2: Wait, what is he wear? He's wearing like a, a sweater. Right? He is wearing
1: a white sweater with like vertical ribs uh-huh. and a yeah, you can cream suit that is oversized, baggy pants, <laughs> and white New Balance sneakers. Are the
0: pants also cargo? No, no. Okay, it's
1: their suit pants. He looks like David Byrne oh. accidentally. Picked out the wrong suit before doing (laughs) Stop Making Sense.
0: It's very, like, because of the different cream tones, it's like you spilled almond milk and whole milk next to each other. Yes.
1: It looks like that.
0: (laughs) You're like, well, these are both milk technically, but something is off.
2: Oh, my God. Speaking of white real quick, though, I love how the movie (laughs) didn't learn its own lesson from the second movie to, like, have a more inclusive or diverse cast. Like, I feel like the second movie is like, oh, yeah, aren't horror movies really whitewashed? But we have, you know, and then it was like, (laughs) and then the third movie was like, well, we're going to have even less non-white people in this movie. So it just seemed like they didn't, or I don't know if that's intentional. I was going to say, I wonder if it is maybe
0: semi-intentional because the movie's cast that's new for the most part are people playing Mm -hmm. versions of the characters from the first one so that they're like kind of stuck in (sighs) the type of people that they can cast for them.
2: That's dumb. Although, Tori Spelling wasn't there.
0: Uh, I know. Well, they didn't they say, like, and David Schwimmer didn't even come back for this one? <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Well, he wasn't ever a, he wasn't ever on set physically. So, but I was just curious what Tori Spelling was so busy doing uh, in real life.
0: Oh, I think it was supposed to be on purpose. I think
1: it was supposed to be, like...
2: Oh, everyone's scared. Well, no, I, I like think a... it was,
1: like, I'm not doing step three. Yeah. No way. <laughs> um, there's also a Friends reference, or it seems like Friends reference... With the fact that um, Parker Posey's character's name is Jennifer, and she makes oh, mm-hmm. a joke about how she's not with Brad Pitt anymore. Yeah, Courtney mm-hmm. Cox is like uh, something about sorry things didn't work out with Brad
0: Pitt. <laughs> Which this movie's before Mr. And Mrs. Smith, so Brad and Jen were still together.
2: because yes. what's her face's last name is uh, Jolie in this movie. It's like it's like Jennifer. Um, uh (laughs) something obvious and then uh yeah and then um uh someone's last name is jolie and then what's her face's name is jennifer uh uh, the guy who plays uh dewey his name his character name is tom prince so like tom cruise freddie prince
0: get it oh 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 i see it's like he's this type get it he's that's funny i get it that's funny Parker Posey's and hair is even kind of, of the
1: Rachel, which is what Gail kind of right, like. Right, because she has the first haircut yes! from the first movie.
0: So funny.
2: Oh, my God. So they should funny. just cast Jennifer
0: Aniston. How fun would that be? That would what? be so fun. I said they should just cast Jennifer Aniston.
2: Honestly, they should have. I'm sure she would have been quite good.
1: Nah, I, I wouldn't want to deprive the world from Parker Posey's performance. <laughs> yeah, we this. have to talk a little bit more about this performance and Emily Mortimer's, which is secretly just as crazy. Yes, uh, Parker it, Posey... Baby. Enters the movie like a cartoon character. When she sees Gail entering the set of the movie, she's like, doo, 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 doo. like yeah, she like pushes somebody. I think yeah, her, something. Her like pelvis is like four feet ahead of her upper body.
0: It's very Bugs Bunny. It's
1: very Bugs Bunny.
0: <laughs> she also has a crazy voice. It's very like honky.
1: Well, she always has a crazy. she always
0: does have a crazy voice, but it's very like I don't know. It's just a lot. For some reason, I didn't write down any quotes of hers. That's stupid of me.
1: Um.
2: Uh, I will. She has a funny line when um, the uh, uh, the hot guy um, is like bitching about Emily Mortimer's character, saying like, "Oh, she probably stepped on all of these girls to get the part." Blah blah blah. And Parker Posey go, uh, says to him, oh, you asked her out and she turned you down. And he says, that's not important. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got him. Uh, this is not related to this necessarily, but there is one moment where somebody says, this is a good picture of you. And then we see a picture of Parker Posey as Courtney cox character from the first one. And she's like standing as Gale Weather, just like clearly on a green screen, just like holding a microphone like, Hi Mm -hmm. (laughs) the idea of somebody like this is a good picture it's a horrible picture but it implies that she does not
1: take good pictures (laughs) they're
0: like this is the best we can get (laughs) what's the way she moves (laughs) in this movie probably
1: it's also uh, Dewey saying that who he's basically hitting on her
0: (laughs) well you look so much like my wife or whatever nightmare so silly Um, Emily Mortimer though (laughs) as the girl playing Sid's part is also Mm -hmm crazy. She's British real life, right? Yes.
1: She's doing a
2: oh yeah, mm-hmm. heavy very voice British.
1: obviously. I love her first scene is like she's just like very small she's and unassuming. Right. She's very ingenue and then every other scene that she's in it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. Right. She's yeah. one of those actors that I'm like, are you are you what are you doing? Is this good, good I, or bad? I like this, but I don't this know good, why. This good, this bad?
0: There's one scene where they're getting the facts from the killer that, like, is oh the new God. script updates, but it's, like, the meta references to who's going to get killed next. And she literally it's says, so Stupid. Whoa, 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 what's it say? Like, she, it's not a stutter. <laughs> she sounds out every individual <laughs> W. Like, she saw the script and she's like, okay, yeah, four w W's got it. Whoa, 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 what's it say? <laughs>
2: How, that scene made me so mad. I, not mad, but it's just dumb. It's,
0: first of all, uh, it hinges on a fax machine, which I always love, like, moments where I mean, technology that was prevalent for, like, just six years, like, whenever beepers <laughs> are in movies, love that.
2: Yeah. Or, like, earlier when, um, what's her face, um, oh, fuck, oh, Sydney's on the phone, and yeah. she thinks it's, like, a con- counselor, and she realizes it's coming from her home right, line, the home not line. her office line. <laughs>
0: she got double line, that's cool. Um, Um, Uh, Yeah, but the
2: fax machine,
0: stupid. I I will say it's surprising though that the. Speaking of the fax machine scripted thing, it's surprising that it's of surprise at all that it's the director who's the killer because so many of the kills revolve around, obviously not just the actors, but like them reading lines from the scripts. So it had to be somebody with Mm. access to the script, which makes it a very narrow field. (laughs) Very true. So, like, obviously it's going to be the person that we met. Who what is, if it
1: was, like, the production designer who right, you never meet? Or, like, the, the grip. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the best boy. Supervisor. The best
2: boy. The gaffer. Oh, my God. Well, and uh, it also doesn't make, if you think about it, like, the extra steps that Roman went through to, like, like, the scene with Jenny McCarthy, like, he calls her as himself, and then halfway through exactly. the call exactly. makes he it sound like it's not himself. Voice. But, like, but it I just is himself. Was, yeah, and I suppose, like, it was just on the off chance, like, he didn't get her and she lived. And then he could be like, oh, see, but it wasn't me. Like, it's from a burner phone. And my voice changed in the middle of it. He um, also called I his own
0: office hoping that somebody else would answer for him. And that person was Sarah.
2: Right. So, again, That's like, <laughs> there's always stopping. Not going to but I
0: don't know. Nitpick.
2: He's a, I mean, listen, I'm an artistic type like Roman. I, I know what it feels like when you want to procrastinate by doing a whole bunch of other things instead of, like, <laughs> instead of doing, like, the one artistic endeavor you're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, maybe right. should just
1: make the damn movie.
2: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I got it. I'm going to get a, a burner phone and learn, I, I build this voice changer and hide in bathrooms and, and hope people yeah. are at my office at this time. And, it, oh, my God.
0: Make the movie, become a successful director, and then you're more famous than Sydney, and therefore you win. That's how the world yeah, works. Yeah,
2: and then your mom's ghost will visit you and go, I Good always job. loved you.
1: Congrats on the Oscar. Going back to what you were saying earlier, Cody, I I do kind of wish that there were three killers. I think that the, yeah. the like it would be fun if there were three unrelated killers, like the director, Emily Mortimer, because uh-huh. they keep mm-hmm. hinting that it's she was her.
0: originally supposed to be one
1: of the killers. And then yeah. Patrick Dempsey. You just yeah. want Patrick Dempsey to be... The evil you already see him to be. Yes. Uh, uh, Zach hates Patrick <laughs> Dempsey. I do not like him, Sam I am. I do not like him oh, oh. in a van. Don't I do you not like, like, him like him. Not in a doctor's coat. Not no. in a boat. No. Um, <laughs> this is the only movie, this and Enchanted are the only movies that I don't think are ruined by his presence. But he's the worst
0: part of Enchanted. Yeah. Oh my God. His whole role in Enchanted where he's supposed to be. And I know that's the point of the movie where he's going, we're going to sing again. I, I don't dance stuff like that. The entire movie, it's just him being like, "What? No, this it is." It just stupid. makes me go.
1: Why do you like him? Yeah. <laughs> what is appealing about this person? He he <laughs> gives a really bad performance in this movie too. What's the part
0: here that you put on our story? <laughs> it's so funny. Um, when
2: uh, uh uh, Sydney's at the police station and she's talking with Patrick Dempsey, and he's on the way out, and she goes, "Hey, officer, hey, whatever your name is." What's your favorite scary movie? And he gets real close to her. Like, they're about to make the fuck out. And he goes, my life. <laughs> <laughs> there's, also one
0: point, there's also one point where Sydney says, now it's your turn to scream to the killer. What does that mean? What's that in reference to? <laughs> it doesn't uh, mean anything. To, <laughs> that means she, she knows she's in real- a movie called Scream.
2: Yeah, she, she, that is the moment that she breaks the fourth wall. She looks into the audience's eyes and says, y'all never helped me. You never saved me. Uh, from these killers, and now I'm going to come through the screen and kill you.
0: Who's screaming now? (laughs) You. It is weird that it's only one killer, though. Especially because, again, they keep toting the whole time That's like, anything could happen in in the third one, and like the big twist in this is that there's less killers than you thought there would be. (laughs) Because you, at this point, expect there to be multiple killers. They've done it twice before. So for them to take that and be like, we're not going to do that this time, we're decreasing it, is a strange step to take.
2: Yeah, I know, and like it, it. really is just underwhelming. It's just like this one dude, and like he's just like a mad art student, which I get but...
0: <laughs> as one myself. Relatable, but he's <laughs> like, but he's game competent enough game. as an artist that he was able to get this movie. You know what I mean? Like a yeah, he... movie. Well, yeah,
1: I assume that that was because he had had connections
0: or connections. Okay,
1: with. The guy who because
0: Maureen was his mom. Yeah, but oh, if well, she, well, wait, so was the like, he impl-
1: but was the implication that he was the the like old horror producer's son? Oh, his bastard son. That was my understanding. I guess.
2: Wait, oh, I'm sorry. Wait. So,
0: so sorry. like, maybe the reason that Roman, the director, was able to climb the ranks of Hollywood so quickly is because. If he's the, like, love child of Maureen Prescott and this producer that we keep seeing, this older guy, the one whose house right. is at the end, then he could be um, like,
1: I'm you guys your son. basically Roger Corman.
0: Roger Corman's in this movie, also. Yeah. Yeah. He could just be like, I'm your son, and I'll tell everybody? I don't really know. Wh- whatever. Because
2: yeah. I'm sure he doesn't have other kids running around.
1: Oop! Oop! Yeah, and they're all directors. <gasps> and they're all killers.
0: Oh. Ooh! Aw, oh. Cute. Um, something else that I do like about this movie is the constant revisiting the past because there's like several moments where Sydney is literally put in the same environment as the first one, but this time yeah. it's like movie mm-hmm. sets. Mm-hmm. Um, like she obviously goes to the set of the Woodsboro uh, the Woodsboro set for stab three, and she, like, wanders into her old room where she, like, where we first see her in the first movie. And she also sees, like, her mom's murder scene, which we never got to see in the mm-hmm. original one. And she also goes into the house where the party happened at the end of the first one. And there's also a part where she's in a bathroom that looks just like the bathroom scene in the first one.
1: Yeah.
0: And they even do the same thing where, like, she sees the boots in the stall, but it turned out to be just Emily Mortimer's shoes. But this time, she's armed with, like, literal... A literal weapon she's constantly pulling out her pepper spray Um, and she has knowledge like she's not naive anymore she's like aware of what could happen um Mm -hmm. it's just interesting though that a lot of them are like false environments like they're like sets they're they're meant to be fake but i like the revisiting of the past in that way yeah
2: yeah i think like you said zach it's kind of like a weird healing moment that she's able to like go back to these places and like you know thrive
1: you know what that is growth oh
2: oh uh, we we didn't even talk about Carrie Fisher oh, I know Miss bianca Burnett is that her uh, I think so. I think it's
0: Burnett <laughs> like not Burnett. Burnett
2: yeah, it's unfortunate uh yeah, they what is it when they go down when uh Gail and Parker Posey go down to, uh, to the archives, yeah, to look up some dirt uh there she is, Carrie Fisher, yeah, looking great, honestly,
0: seriously, she apparently like wrote her own lines for the scene, which rocks. And also makes a lot of sense, where she's like, I know, I look just like her, but who got the role? The one who sleeps with George Lucas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she loves That's that joke. She loves joking about it. Hilarious, yeah. <laughs> I mean, same, but... I mean, I would. Uh, yeah.
0: Apparently um, that role am... is supposed to be Jamie Lee Curtis originally, I think. Oh. Yes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which would make more sense with, the, like, the
1: horror of it all, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but alas. it wasn't. There are other cameos in this movie as well. Ooh. Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yes, of course.
1: So does that mean that this is part of a larger Jay and Silent Bob universe?
0: Well, they have a oh universe. Which so includes I guess
1: this is Dogma. Clerks. Clerks. clerks Chasing two. Amy. Yeah,
0: all the fucking Kevin Smith movies. And I guess Screen 3.
1: Which means all the Screen <laughs> movies. Yeah. Also. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they're in this movie. It just feels like Miramax creating their own MCU, like, their own shared universe. Because <laughs> Clerics was one of, like, the earliest Miramax, like, success stories. Yeah, Not earliest, yeah. but, like, one of the more undergroundy ones. ones. Uh,
1: Jamie Kennedy is also in this
0: movie.
2: Oh, right, of course, yeah.
0: I hate that scene. It, I know why they do it, but it's such, a, yeah.
2: such a stretch. Well, I, I love Dewey like taking
1: notes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean that's a whole vibe. But I, I, I appreciate. I would rather it be that that he makes a comeback via, like VHS tape he left behind, which is stupid. But it was either that or like they were gonna try to write it so that he came back, like that he lived after the right, and movie, that would which be which is such bullshit.
0: Objectively worse, they show him, obviously.
2: They sh- yeah, exactly. And also would make such zero sense because they literally make it a specific choice to show the shot of him dead in the movie, like covered in his own blood. Yeah, yeah. no. Like, it's not it's, like it's a death that happens off screen. There's,
0: it's not. It's uncompromised. He's dead. But that's even right. weirder, though, That like because <laughs> the first movie kills Rose McGowan and obviously kills both of the boys who become the killers. The second one kills J.B. Kennedy. Nobody really dies in this one besides the new characters. So, again, it's like a de-escalation. Oh God, yeah. It's like all bets are not off because everybody comes out of it alive. Like, they could have, not that killing somebody inherently gives a movie more weight, but for a movie that keeps talking about, like, anybody could die, even the main character, and then to have none of them die is
1: just like, why do we do this anyway? Right. It feels a little Lady Doth Protest too much. Like, you're scared. You're really scared. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, this movie's crazy,
0: and then it ends and it wasn't that crazy, and you're like, but I guess it was crazy because they said it was crazy. I just said wish, it was
1: so crazy. I wish that what's his face? Jamie Kennedy's sister was was just given the part where she like comes and tells them what a, Oh a yeah, from The Girl from the Princess Diaries. Yeah. Yes. Cuz her role is just to like hug them outside the trailer and then hug them outside the trailer. There's a videotape. <laughs>
0: yeah. She's basically like a telegram girl,
1: like
2: <laughs> Cuz I get that they were like it's also supposed to be like, "Hey, like you didn't know he had siblings." Guess who also uh, do- has siblings? But, oh, I, but like, it's such a waste of a part. What if every Why main character had a surprise in? sibling? <laughs> but also we, we learned because of the video, because it's Randy talking, that he also has a brother because he's like, stop, Paul, I'm filming or something. Oh,
0: I thought that was his roommate. So there's another roommate. sibling. Uh, yeah, I thought it was supposed to be a college roommate. Oh, you're probably but more it's, right. It's weird, though, because in the world of this, that means he filmed it filmed this during Scream 2 when he was in the middle of like in his mind will be the second movie. So I mm-hmm. actually, now I guess it makes sense for that type of character to be like, yeah. I need to project into the future because yeah. there's going to be a third one. And he thinks he's going to die. That's his whole thing in the yeah. second one. It's like, he's like, I'm the kind of character that gets killed off. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He was
0: right. He was right. But he says that about Nev Campbell's character. He's like, even you, Sid. And then she doesn't. Again, I'm glad she didn't die because I like the character and I like her <laughs> journey. But it's weird for the the movie to like set up all these targets and then like not hit them, <laughs> and not even like a f- pulling the rug out from you way and kind of just like a bit, but it way. But we
1: don't want to.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but eh. it's truly it feels tiring to watch.
0: So yeah, overall, I like the stuff that's like revisiting the past and like Sydney's journey is incredible and like on paper the subplot of the um. Maureen and Hollywood thing works, but I think some of it if you look just like a tiny bit closer kind of crumbles and Overall, it's just like not as scary or fun as the other two. It kind of almost weirdly becomes It not necessarily but kind of similar to the movies that the first one was like parodying and like Talking about it's not that bad because it's still self-aware Yeah,
1: but it just like it does feel a little bit like rote at times. I wish it was scarier I do think it's fun. Like, I, I think it's an easy watch, and the performances are cuckoo enough that yeah. I just am like, I still enjoy it. I still think it's yeah. a good movie. Because, yeah. I mean, I like all the movies in this
0: franchise, but I think it's easily the weakest of the four. Which is pretty much, like, the general consensus with the movie.
2: I was just going to say, so there's a fourth one, and then is there anything after the fourth one?
0: It's a Blumhouse you, picked it up.
2: They should make... Oh, God. Uh, well, they should make it, a, like, a quarantine edition. Uh, city stuck at home.
0: Ooh, everybody's okay. wearing a mask. Who knows who the killer is? That's <laughs> the, killer can, the killer can't get you
1: because they can't leave your house. <laughs> That's how I get fired from Hol- all of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to go back and talk about Sydney's house. It's, it's a great house. Her. It's and a beautiful incredible. house. Yeah. All those plants.
0: Oh, yeah. How should we afford it? I assume she has a lot of settlements and like. Yeah. Um,
1: maybe Gail Pater from like the book money.
0: That would be so nice. Give Ooh, her a cut. Cool. A cut?
1: Uh, a cut. A stab? <laughs> <laughs> Give um, her a stab at fame. I don't know. We also... We mentioned the dog, but I had two notes about the dog. Come One on. that... Uh, there's a big beware of dog sign on her fence, <laughs> but... And then it cuts to the cutest, friendliest dog in the world. Yeah. Like, And also, it is... Um, the law that anytime you call a dog in a movie, they have to bark in response. Like she's like, come on, dog, and it's like Whereas <laughs> like most people are like,
0: no, no barking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is illegal for the dog to just silently obey you or they have yeah. to bark. So there's, you know it's a
0: dog. There's one part at the end where the dog is walking and they're like in slow motion walking from the gates <laughs> that she has left open. Um, yeah. and the sunlight is literally making the dog glow. Like he's the most golden golden Aww. retriever of all time.
2: Snaps. I love uh, at the, near the beginning of the movie when she gets the call from the killer on her like work phone essentially and she's like realizing that she might be in danger and the dog is like, near her like standing up but he's got the biggest smile on her face standing and she's like up. grabbing the dog for support and, she, and the dog was just like hell yeah when he
0: said standing up i pictured fully on TV. v he's like walks in the room no
1: standing still with his arms by its side. <laughs> oh god
2: he's, he's a drinking cryptid. a cup of coffee comforting her oh such i do think pup. that scene
1: where the um killer calls her phone um, disguised as a patient is kind of scary. That's
0: fun when you the reveal that's of scary, knows yeah. her home line is very fun. Also because it's somebody calling like in distress. Is that the one where she's like, I think I killed somebody, but yes. then it turns out to be yeah, the scary. killer. Yeah, right.
2: And then well, I, I do yeah I do like that scene. I do like that part. Yeah, and because Sid goes, uh, oh, we should call some, you know the police. The police and, and like just the shift in voice when she's like, no, I need to call you. Yeah. And that's when I guess it still has this like supernatural, like ooh spooky scary ghost vibe.
0: Yeah, good, it really does lean into I'll almost like supernatural things could be happening and like thankfully mm-hmm. they're not. But like all the Sydney's oh, mom God. stuff, especially at the end when she like rises in the body bag and I'm like, Ooh, wait a minute. Scary. The body bag is scary. Yeah. That part <laughs> is know.
1: scary. I will say that's scary. Anything with but also, like,
2: like bitch.
1: a floating like sheet or something like that <laughs> is very scary. Like remember in The Conjuring <laughs> when it's like
0: so that's what people say about, like, the first production of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> the reviews are <laughs> Anything with the floating sheet is very scary to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first time anybody wore, like, a ghost, sh- like, sheet costume. Oh, my God! <laughs> Whoa, anything with a floating sheet is scary. <laughs> this is me watching uh, like It's the Great symphonies. Pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I will say the biggest sin this movie commits is that the opening scene is not good or scary. No. And the first two movies and the fourth one have really good opening scenes. Yeah. This just mm. doesn't. It's just like the killer Cotton and his girl, nameless girlfriend get killed. Not nameless, but we don't know where. Yeah. And that's all. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, oh no, it's happening again. It's kind of like what it says. It's not like anything. comment on anything really like... Uh, like, the first
1: two are it's all like... It's a subversion like, of expectations. Right. It's exactly how yeah. you expect this to start. The
0: first movie is, like, maybe the best opening scene of all time. And the second one has that... It's, like, very referential and it has, like, two black characters who we didn't really get the perspective of. And the first one commenting on, like, tropes that the first one is, like, exploring and also helping establish at the same time. And this one is just, like, nothing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh... I feel like it's like, oh, well, we got to get rid of Cotton. Like, it's like, well, I don't think any of us really cared about Cotton anyway.
0: It's kind of procedural, yeah. I guess that's the big kill in this one of, like, a main character, kind of.
2: Like, he was such a dickhole in the last two movies. Right, I'm not sad about it. I mean, I I will say it is scary when, like, we see the scene from the point of view of his girlfriend, and she thinks it's him, and, uh, like, he's been... Uh, you know s- scratching on the wall door or whatever and he's like no i'm sorry baby i'm sorry i just can't wait to you know cut your guts open or whatever the heck he says yeah, that's scary like, that yes, moment's that's kind of scary it, yeah it,
1: it's there's also that like weird implication that she says when um they're like running down the hall yeah doesn't she, she says, says something
0: like, i you know i don't like your stab games which is like ooh, <laughs> a chilling good. implication oh
2: god i know because like, she gave him
0: like, is this another one
1: of your stab games? Which she specifically was like, I don't
0: like when you do this.
1: <laughs>
0: I've
2: said
1: this before. Yeah. Which I understand because Cody scared me earlier today and I, I, I was did. very mad. You were mad. You <laughs> went,
0: shit, you scared the shit out of me. No, not funny. <laughs> I just was standing in the doorway. <laughs>
2: In case you're curious about the Courtney Cox David Arquette relationship, her Courtney Cox's quote was, uh, they met during the first movie, they were sleeping together during the second, and they shared a trailer during the third. Ooh.
1: Oh, uh, so there
2: you go. She seems So cool. they were full. We said this
1: before,
0: but she seems like a cool person.
1: Yeah. but I was sad when they broke up.
0: Yeah, we all mourned. we all mourned. Yeah. Were As we, a nation. <laughs> were we all sad. <laughs> I'm oh, sad. Kira. He just don't love Kira. Care about their relationship. Oh.
1: We kind of glossed over the Jenny McCarthy scene cuz it's also not not very good not but great. she fully Patty Lapone's that music video award did you see that video where Patty Lapone pulls her Tony <laughs> out of the, out of a locker yeah and but, she like slams it <laughs> yeah that's Jenny McCarthy but this time she broke it <laughs> uh,
2: i need to see that it's great can't you take me higher
0: there's a lot of creed in this movie a lot of creed yeah. They even put a Creed That's poster on Sydney's wall, which is not in the first <laughs> movie.
2: Which was not there. It's so... And it's really obvious. It's really funny.
0: Yeah, I love it. Very of a time and place.
2: Can you take me higher?
0: No. Can you stab me harder? <laughs> yes. Can you yes, shoot can.
1: me in the head? <laughs> Meow, 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 meow. So the yeah. How's
0: how's the fourth movie? I, I good. I saw it in theaters and then <laughs> I like half watched it like years ago when we when I was showing him them all for the first time, and I fell asleep towards the end. So I don't quite remember, but I remember liking it overall. I think it's definitely better than this one, but it's not as good as Ooh. the first two.
1: Okay. It kind of... It's it, pretty close to
0: Scream 2. It
1: me. pulls its punches in a kind of similar way to this. Like, it sets up a really interesting premise and then kind of, like, ducks out at the last minute. Um, but I do still like it. I don't remember the deets, but I believe you.
2: Well, we're, we're going to have to watch it soon. Yep,
0: in about a year. And hopefully after that, Scream 5 will be out so we can do that.
2: Scream 5! I do appreciate... I guess I didn't realize, like, how little... Mm, I shouldn't say how little, but how small the franchise is. I assumed that it was like, you know, 10,000 fucking movies like some other franchises we know. So I'm glad that it's uh, limited.
0: Yeah, they really knew when to like, um, they knew when to fold them. <laughs> you know, they didn't like they just do a new one every year. Like this movie, this one didn't have as good a reception and like the box office wasn't as good as the first two. It still was a hit, obviously. And then the fourth one, which was like a revival, really was not, I mean, it, it made money, but like it didn't even crack 100 million. Um Oops. even though the reviews were I think pretty decent. Yeah. But like I mean the horror landscape had changed by then. Like that was in the middle of like every horror movie was like found footage practically. Like we hadn't yet hit yeah. the point where it was like revisiting old stuff that in like a cool way. It was a lot of like shitty, like Fred thirteenth and Emory and All Street remakes, those yeah. types of things. So I think it was just a weird time to release it. No thanks. <laughs> no no well, thanks. To <laughs> That's what the audience thing I kinda said.
2: wanna rewatch the first one now after watching this and after like rewatching the second one which is also a trip yeah i mean it was a trip so now i may as well just watch the first one and just like hell yeah
0: we got nothing else to do
2: <laughs> yeah i've reached the point of like l- kind of being lazy the past few days it's felt nice yeah i've just yeah. been watching movies and staying on my couch oh yeah
0: i played so many video games my god
2: oh hell yes
0: oh hell yes so that was screen three I, Woo. A, yeah screen three times if you liked it i don't know was there a bird in here? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, golly. Um, Zach, Appre Pompey, thank you for joining us. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Check. As
0: always, love you being our screen correspondent. Cora
2: I do love the idea of you as a correspondent, though, with, like, the little mic. Really, like he's out, out on the scene. On.
1: He's gathering facts about screaming. Yeah, I'm oh, a no. regular Gail Weathers. <gasps> Limit okay,
2: so this year for Halloween, if Halloween does happen, the holiday, we either need to do the threesome from Halloween, the Lori, um...
0: Annie
1: and PJ Souls.
0: Yeah. Yeah. meant
1: <laughs> Lori, um, Michael, and the little boy. <laughs> Babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and the sister who gets stabbed while she's naked. Um, or we should do like a Gail Weathers, uh, I don't know, we should do like a scream. Something. Each of
0: us as the different hairstyles. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. in the first one, she's got that, like, she, her hair is big and has, like, the ye- the blonde streaks. Yeah. And then the second uh-huh. one is, like, shorter with, like, the red streaks. Yeah. And then You're this one is just a
1: disaster. Uh-huh. <laughs> Princess disaster. <laughs> oh, no. Oh,
2: my God. Well we'll, well, we'll work on it. Yes, for sure. Uh, thank um, you for listening. Of course. If you... Feel so inclined, uh, you can always uh, feel free to donate to our Cash App. Uh, it's Cash App dollar sign Halloweeners Pod. Um, all money just goes to making the podcast better, getting good technology things, and uh, just checking out more horror movies. Uh-huh. Uh, you can follow us for free on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Halloweeners Pod, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Hey Kira.
1: Hey. You can follow me on
0: Instagram, Twitter, and Letterbox at Cody Monster ninety mm-hmm. one.
1: And I'm at Apre Pompeii that's a p r e s Pompeii like the city
2: heard of it yeah you', you doing covers times?
1: yeah I've been doing, doing a somebody. cover a day so if you have anything you want to hear um send me a request I'll do it. Um, I will do it <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also also working it's on a, a new EP right now so yeah that should be coming out it's so shortly.
2: Good. Pleasure for the ear holes, and uh, you can follow Leah Patterson, who does our artwork, on Instagram at a tender witch. I just bought
0: something off of her.
2: I did too. Ooh. We'll have to like compare, compare,
0: <laughs> <have to> compare
2: <laughs> art. No, don't do that. Love comparing don't art. Don't ever compare Love art. we to compare art. Uh, just a reminder from this movie: slut shaming is bad. Hey, yeah. And uh, don't do it.
0: Don't do it. Bye.
2: Do it. Love you. <gasps> <gasps> Oh <laughs>